Anybody been working on your shape for the last few days? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on my shape, trying to get in shape in the Lord. And so let's don't stop working on our shape. Let's get a new testimony every week of what God is doing. And uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend. going to be a great time in the Lord, continuing our salvation series and hoping God will continue to bless. And God is doing great things. Um, let's go to Philippians 3 and 13. And the uh, Bible says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget the things that are behind. I reach forward. Everybody say forward. Everybody say forgetting. Go forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's just that simple, ladies and gentlemen. Just forget about the things in the past and go ahead and go forward. It really is that simple. Sometimes it's not that spiritual. Sometimes it's just literally I'm going to forget what happened yesterday, and I'm going to go forward. That's what the great man of God said. I'm going to forget what happened yesterday, and I'm going to go forward. And if you can't do that, you're going to have a hard time, you're going to have a real hard time. You've got to learn to just say, forget about yesterday. It happened. It's over. I'm going to go forward in Jesus' name. Tonight I want to talk about something we've talked about before, but it's going to become a, hopefully a highlight every year at our church to make sure that we talk about faith and we talk about this subject of forgetting the past and going forward. But tonight I want to talk about we must forget to go forward. We have to forget to go forward. That's what I feel like God wants to speak to us tonight. It's a message about faith, and I believe God's going to bless us, and everybody say in Jesus' name. And God bless. You can be seated tonight, and we're so glad you're all here, and we hope that you keep coming. We hope that you feel the love of God. We hope you keep growing. I believe great things are ahead for the future. And I believe God's going to bless and God's going to do amazing things. We've got Bible studies going on. I, I've got two Bible studies I'm doing right now, um, and it's amazing. I love it, and I hope that you'll start doing Bible studies too. It's so amazing doing a Bible study. And so in Jesus' name, actually, I've got three going now, just added one. Uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith doesn't see like fear sees. Faith sees what cannot, cannot be seen. Faith is all about forward. It's not about backward. It sees you getting the job that you have not had before. Faith sees it, even though you've never had it. But do you see yourself getting the job? That's the question. Because some people do not see it. And if you cannot see it in your future, then you do not have faith. And God wants us to be a people of faith. Some see themselves being rejected like the last three jobs that you tried to get. And that's why you're in fear and you're worried. Because you see things happening like they've always happened. Fear looks backward to predict what's about to happen next. Fear sees what has been. Fear uses the patterns of past failures to predict future pain. The example would be our kids are afraid of the dark because probably somebody turned the lights out when you were four and scared the living daylights out of you. It all started from a young age. There was no reason to be afraid of the dark until somebody jumped out and scared you. And from that moment on, you hate the dark. 
Because you look back in your past and you have fear. Because when you think of darkness, you think of the memories of the bad things that happened in the dark. And the rest of your life, you're afraid of the dark. Fear expects what has been to be again. Fear sees just like faith sees. But fear loves to pull from the memories of yesterday. Memories are easy to see. Memories stay with you when you don't want them. How many of you have tried to forget, but you can't? Memories are so powerful because they are stuck inside your brain, and you wish you could unsee it, unknow it, unfollow it, wish you could unsubscribe from it, but you can't because it's in your memory bank, and it's easy for you to pull the data up of what yesterday says is truth. Memories are so easy to trust because you were there after all. Surely you remember what happened. So we trust our memories. We trust them because we feel like we would never lie to ourselves. We feel like we can trust the memories because I was there. I remember what they said and when they said it and how they did it. So I remember how that went down, and I'm going to use this for my future to predict the outcomes that are on the horizon. But memories are deceiving because memories are your limited perspective of what happened. Did you know that under stress, the body uses most of its resources to try to rescue itself from the attack that you're in, that you do not remember the majority of the details in your battle because the majority of your body begins to get you out of it so fast that you don't use any energy in your brain to remember what's happening. They say that when someone's being attacked by a lion, I guess there's a little bit of resource out there somewhere, probably in Africa, but when someone is being attacked by a lion, they begin to think, run, not what color was the lion's eyes. I remember everything that day. No, you don't. You remember getting out of there as fast as you can. It's crazy how we will try to go back to our most traumatic moments and say, I remember. It's a scientific thing. They've proven it, that when you're under great stress and trauma, that your brain shuts down and you enter into fight or flight and you don't remember details or smells. All you know are the basics and the general details. And all you know is it was bad, and you tried to get out, and you tried to fight, and you tried to destroy. That's all you remember in that. And you think that you remember every little word that somebody said, but the truth is your brain shut down. Now, How many of y'all there understand what I'm talking about when you're in an argument, and as soon as you get offended, you shut down, don't hear a thing they say? A lot of ladies do that. Once you make them mad, they shut off, and they don't hear another thing you say until they feel safe again. That's what happens. They, you be careful, brother. Your wife's not here, Brother Jason. <laughs> Did you get that on, on audio? We'll play it back later. Yeah, our memories are deceiving. Our memories are specific to that particular moment and that particular season and that particular filter and what you were going through. It, it's very specific. And unless you can replicate every detail, you probably don't remember what happened. It is not fair for you to try to use your memory to produce your faith. 
because your memory is a horrible database for faith. Do not use your memories from the past. Do not trust what you think you remember when you were young and abused and hurt because a lot of your details were turned off in those scary moments. It's not right for you to go back to the past and act like you know everything that happened in that moment. And that's what we have to be careful of with our memories. Our fear is fueled by bad memories. Memories tell me what has happened. They do not tell me what will happen. Your memories tell you what has happened, and they're pretty accurate, but I just proved to you they're not 100% accurate. But let me tell you what your memories will never do. Your memories will never help you predict your future. What you've been through is pointless for where you're going. What you face is doesn't matter because what's in your past has no importance for your future. The hair in your McDonald's yesterday is not the hair in your McDonald's after church. The taco trailer awning that hit you in the head is not necessarily going to happen again, even though I hold on to it personally. Yeah. So that hair you found at McDonald's or Burger King or wherever you like to go, it, it, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Chances might be pretty good, though, if it's McDonald's. Somebody said church didn't work yesterday. It doesn't mean it won't work now. Got a bad experience with church folks. Yeah, I know, I know, I do too, but doesn't mean tomorrow's going to be a bad experience or tonight's a bad experience. It could be a good experience. Use your faith. Yeah, use your faith. Yesterday's experience in church is not a good predictor for tomorrow's because the real church, listen, it improves weekly. The real church is not the same church that it was last year, but the real church learns from its mistakes. It gets back up out of the dust and says, I'm going to make it better next week. Have a meeting with the staff. Have a prayer meeting. Go on a fast. But, yeah, we know we got to go forward. We know we've got to have faith. We're not looking backward. We're going forward. Yeah. You know, the devil does not want you to forget what you've been through and all the pain and the hurt of your past. He is an accuser of the brethren. Night and day, the Bible says, he will stand before God and remind us of our flaws and tell God and tell us that we don't deserve it, that we've messed up too much. He loves to talk about our past. And God loves to talk about our future. Our God says, what past? He says, I've washed it. I've forgotten it. As far as the east is from the west, I don't want to talk about your past. I want to talk about your future. Can we stop talking about the past? Only the devil will pull up your past every five minutes to try to use it against you. No, we can't allow that to take place. The devil knows that if, if we, can, we can not forget our past, we will never have faith for our future. Fear is empowered by a precedent. It happened to me, it'll happen again. He cheated, 
This next one will cheat again. Oh, yeah, I had, had them look at bad websites. I know what you're doing on your phone tonight. I'm reading my Bible, sweetheart. Yeah, right. I've been down this road before. You make a man want to look at a bad website by nagging him all the time. We create fear. We put it into people. We speak death because we come from a place of darkness. And we put it out in the atmosphere. And we declare it on each other. And we expect it from each other. And we think it's about to happen that way because we look backward. Instead of looking forward, she spends all my money. She'll do it again. Hey, I learned about before church tonight that, that if you, you can set up an account at Home Depot and where people go to buy stuff for your company, they have to get a text approval. Can we do that with our wives on Amazon? Like, that sounds like an incredible feature. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to set up Brother Omar on that. He's got a little bit of a spending itch, I've found out. He'll also throw away your stuff. So if you leave it around here more than about 48 minutes, you're going to lose it. I'm telling you all right now, watch out. That man loves to throw stuff away. In fact, if you lose something, just go straight to the dumpster and start there because <laughs> that's probably where it's at. Some say, some say, well, you know what? It's never happened to me. It will never happen to me. Yeah. Well, he, Pastor, he's never kissed me goodnight. He never will. You're, you're destroying your future by looking at your past. It's always been this way, Pastor. For the past two years and three years, it's always been this way. Therefore, I know. I know. How many times have I heard people say, oh, I know. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Bunch of false prophets. Or maybe you're a real prophet. Maybe you're speaking it into existence. But you're not speaking by faith. You're speaking by fear. And that doesn't change the atmosphere. It doesn't create miracles. You want a miracle in your marriage? Speak faith. You want a miracle in your kids? Speak faith. See what they can become, not who they have been. And you will unlock something in the supernatural realm. Pastor, she's, she never says she believes in me. She never will. Stop talking that way. Start to believe that God can move the biggest of mountains. God can do anything, no matter what it is. You've got to learn to have faith and speak it and create a new normal. Create a new normal in your life and your family and your finances. You've got to stop looking backward and see that person is changing. Go to your backslid loved ones and stop telling them how messed up they are. That's the past. You've always been this way. You, all, you never go to church. Stop talking that way to them and say, I see you in the church house. I see you praying through. I see you preaching the gospel. I see you with joy. I see you with peace. I see you making it. Speak some faith. Thank you, Jesus. Our memories can be our greatest chains of bondage and fear.
uses two different channels to flow through. First, number one, fear uses our logic, which is most dominant in men. Logic remembers all the facts. And many men say, look, these are just the facts, sweetheart. A logical person views God and the future through the limitations of what they have known to be true, which is very limited. Men, ladies, you don't know a whole lot compared to God. But I know not very much compared to God. Logical people sound real smart, but they're rarely spiritually led. Some of us that get real logical and get real fact-based have a hard time being sensitive to the Spirit to feel like God wants to do something that is not factual. They are often false prophets that speak their past experiences into the future. Please hear me tonight. Logical people, even husbands, you have to free God to do something you cannot explain that does not make any sense. Logical people, God help us in Jesus' name to be free of our own minds, our own wisdom, and our own knowledge, to always predict things based on the facts. Forget the facts. Faith is my facts. Faith sees it happening where there are no facts. Faith is my foundation to build on top of. I don't need facts. I need faith. We have to get God out of the box, y'all. The box of our understanding, because his ways are higher. You want to understand it before God does it, but you're going to have to set your thoughts on what you've never seen before. You're going to have to go to a place that does not make sense to see a miracle. You're going to have to not try to figure it all out. Oh, that's just pride. But don't try to figure it all out. Don't try to get an answer for it. Just step out of the boat and believe that this will be different. I have no precedent. I have nothing in the past to reference to. This will work by faith. You have to believe that your marriage can be better even when it's not even logical. Fear works through logical people. The second channel that fear works through is through emotional people. Dominant, usually in women. Emotions remember the feelings that you felt when you felt the feelings back in the day, the thing that you went to that hurt so bad, the feelings that you felt that you felt. But I feel it. But it doesn't make sense. But I feel it. But listen to me, I'll explain it. It doesn't matter what you say. I feel it. I felt it before. I don't like the feeling, and I don't want to feel it again. But listen to me, I'll explain the details. The details don't matter. I feel it. Emotional. And fear works through emotions, which are dominant usually in women. An emotional person views God and the future through the limitations of what they have felt. They seem spiritually sensitive many times, but are prone to having depression and meltdowns that come out of nowhere. Doesn't make any sense. Maybe the man's sitting there going, what's wrong? And she's just, ah! And you're like, it doesn't make any sense. It's not logical. It's not factual. But it doesn't matter because there's a memory of a feeling that hurt. 
And I don't want that feeling again. And you shut down. You melt down. You go into depression, even suicidal thoughts. Fear grips these people like a dark cloud. They can't explain it to you. But they crumble under its pressure, and it's real to them. So listen to me. If you're the emotional type, fear wants to take you down and take you out. But you have to free God to do something that may not hurt you this time. I know you don't want to open up your feelings because it feels like a trap. It feels like you're going to hurt again like you did last time. But you've got to get faith in your feelings. And you've got to start to learn to feel faith. Like the old song says, I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like that's what I'm talking about. Get the faith out of your head. Get it into your heart and feel faith. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. But I'm going to start to feel faith. I'm going to feel like something's going to change. It hurt last time, but it doesn't mean it's going to hurt. Every time, not this time. You see, the feeling is tied to what has happened, but you're going to have to start feeling what could happen in your marriage, your children, your life, if you have faith. Let me tell you what, what unlocks a man is when a woman feels faith. See, women may not logically have faith because there's not a good connection there, but you know what's really powerful is women feel like it's going to be okay. Boy, when my wife has a feeling, I listen because she's sensitive. And it really means a lot to me to hear my wife say, I feel good about this because that's her strength. But whenever she says, I feel bad, whew, that right there can get a man. I feel like you'll never change. I'm talking about the way it works a lot of times in marriages where women say, I just don't feel like we're ever going to get out of this. I feel the darkness and the depression. I just don't feel it. But ladies or emotional people start to feel faith. Let it rise up and change your emotions, your attitude, the way you think, the way you look. Let it get inside your spirit and let those around you start to get that faith getting into them. Let that faith atmosphere build in your emotions. Feelings can lift or weigh down the person that you're around the most. So let's get faith out of our, get into our logic, into our feelings, because those are the two channels that fear works the hardest against us. Now, faith doesn't look to a precedent. Faith actually sets the precedent. Noah, listen to this, had to build an ark for a flood that never happened. Abraham had to believe God to give him millions of children before he even had the first one. Moses had to split a sea open before one had ever opened before. David had to see himself defeating a giant before there was ever a thing about teenagers killing giants with rocks. You have to have faith for the future when it's never happened before. Faith does not look back for a precedent. It sets it for the, those that are on the way after the moment. Real faith has no reference point. Faith sees what has never been seen. Faith builds.
builds what has never been built. Faith moves what has never been moved. Faith believes what has never come to pass before. Faith is willing to invest into the unprecedented. And who better to talk about faith than one who wrote the most about it in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 He says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Everybody say, Mr. Faith. Galatians 2 and 20, Mr. Faith said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, Mr. Faith, Galatians 5 and 5, Mr. Faith said, For we, we through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Ephesians 28, Mr. Faith said, Oh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Ephesians 6 and 16, Mr. Faith said, Above all, take in the shield of faith. Now, this man, I want to talk to him about faith. He knows a lot about it. But now, I want to tell you what Mr. Faith said about something he went through in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four 24-28. He says in his testimony, From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one, which means he was counting. <laughs> yeah. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times, I was shipwrecked. That's a pretty odd event. A night and a day, I've been in the deep, floating in the middle of the sea, in journeys often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, my own people mess with me. In perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in the country. In perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren that I thought I could trust. In weariness and in toil, in sleeplessness often, that means more than once. In hunger and thirst, in fastings often, not having food. In cold and nakedness, besides the other things, I'm running out of ink. What comes upon me Daily. That's not even having to do with just the daily, how do I pay the bills? The daily issues I face. That's the extra. My deep concern for all the churches, that's Mr. Faith's testimony. Here's what I think my testimony would have gone like that if I were back in those days dealing with all that. From the Jews, one time I received 39 stripes And then I quit and moved to the forest. I bought a boat and went to Hawaii and gave up my calling. How do you you get beat and go back? I mean, we read it like he didn't, like it all happened at once, right? We we read it like, like they were, okay, next station, this is where you get shipwrecked. Now, next station, this is where you're hungry. We're reading about over a ministry of years where this Mr. Faith is taking pain, getting up, and doing it again and again and again. I think most of us would have said, 
you know what? I'm kind of logical. Shipwrecked once, never getting on a boat again. Can you imagine getting back on a carnival cruise line after you swam all night to shore? Are you serious? Let's go on another cruise. How about no? What happened to you? Well, ours sunk. Who's ready to go back? Not me. But three times the guy is shipwrecked, and he keeps getting back on the ship. Some people would call it smart, but the Bible would call it fear. How does Paul preach Jesus to the Jews? Get 39 stripes beaten on his back and go preach it again. How does Paul get on the ship the second and the third time after he was stranded at a sea at sea for a night and a day? How do you do it, Paul? How do you keep going back and getting hurt again? How do you keep having faith after so much abuse and suffering? Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget the things that happened yesterday, and I get up and I go again. Hey, Paul, while you're getting back on the ship, didn't you get shipwrecked last time? I don't know what you're talking about. I forgot about yesterday. I don't remember yesterday's pain. I don't remember yesterday's hurt. All I know is I've been called to preach the gospel, and I'm getting back on the ship, and I'm going to go again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Paul understood that you can't look forward while looking backward. You can't see the new things, constantly referencing the old things. Because fear is a memory that you must learn to actively ignore. and Stop saying it's going to happen again. Because it doesn't matter if it happens again. But what if it happens again? That's not the question. The question is, what if God calls me to do it again? You cannot go forward with the Lord, always referencing your battles, always referencing your church hurt, always talking about who did you wrong, always talking about how you tried and you preached and they hurt you. You can't do it. You've got to get something inside your spirit that says, I don't know what happened yesterday. All I know is God called me to this today. I don't remember that. I'm sorry. I blocked it out of my memories. I don't care. what. But, Paul, they can hurt you again. It doesn't matter. I forget those things. I forget those things. I forget those things. I've got to go forward, and I can't go forward referencing yesterday. We, we let our past pain create disobedience in our future. We let what we've been through talk against God and say, no, it's been too bad. In our closing tonight, you say, well, Pastor, my past is so messed up. Where do I even start? I'd like to go down just three verses from that context in Philippians, all right? 3 and 17. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. 
You've got me for a pattern. You've got me for a pattern. Instead of looking back and seeing your past, I'll tell you what you should do. Look at me and see my pattern. There's nothing in your flawed past to give you the faith for a better future. But there isn't somebody else. Some of you are sitting here going, well, I look back at mine, and I see nothing to grab to have faith. And that's exactly right. That's everybody who ever comes in church for the first time. That's everybody who's ever been through all kinds of hell in this life, and yet they're looking back, and they're trying to find a reason to go forward, but there's nothing in your past that you can find to go forward. And that's why the man of God said, when you can't look backwards and find a reason to believe again, look at me. I used to be that man. I used to have that fight. I used to be in that struggle. But I'm not anymore. He said, you've got me for a pattern. You know, it sounds good and it preaches good, but is it biblical? When I looked up the word for pattern, I was thrilled to find out. The King James Version used the word example instead. The New King James says pattern. Either way, the Greek word for example or pattern is tupos which means to stamp on, which means to the mark of a stroke or a hit or a blow. It even means a scar. He literally said, you can look at my scars to find your faith <laughs> because if I can make it, you can make it. If I can overcome it, then you can overcome it. If you can just take a piece out of my book, out of my testimony, out of my story, and realize that I had it the worst, I had it bad, but the Lord came through for me, that can be a faith that you can make it to. He said, you can use my pattern. You can use my scars. You can use my wounds. You can use my healing for you to get your faith for your healing. A scar is simply a wound that has been closed up, that has been healed, that has been repaired. What was the mark of shame has healed to become a mark of hope. Do not be ashamed of your scars. Because your scars are stories that help people that don't have any faith. Your testimonies are powerful, AFC, because when you speak of where you've come from and you go back to that wound and go back to that place you were hurt, if you've been healed by Jesus, there's no longer a wound there anymore. There's just an example for somebody else going through all hell and going through all trouble, and you can show off your scars and give God the glory and say, look at this story. Look at the pain in my past and look what God has done, and they will find their faith in your scars. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for my testimony. Thank you, Jesus, for my story. I don't want to hide my story. Wow. Maybe you don't have a pattern yet. Maybe you don't have the victory yet. You can use mine. I know what it's like to overcome pornography. If you're going through it, you can overcome it. You've never overcome it, but I have. 
You don't have faith you can overcome it. You've never done it before. You don't have anything to look back at and say, I've overcome it. But guess what? There are men in this church that have overcome it, and so can you. Use our faith. Use our scars. Use our stories. And rise up out of it and be victorious in Jesus' name. I know it's like to have marital drama, issues, fighting, all that all that nasty junk that happens in marriages back and forth. Uh, I know what it's like to have it, and I know what it's like to get over it. Uh, I know what it's like to get it healed. Uh, I know what it's like to have peace now and everything fixed now and healing in our lives. Uh, so if you're going through it, uh, hang around the church uh, because there's going to be faith for your marriage uh, that you can make it to, that you can make it to. parenting struggles absolutely it's not easy raising your kids we understand the difficulties we relate with you trying to raise kids in a crazy world but hang around and listen to the stories because you can make it in jesus name yeah we've been there financially struggling we've made it paycheck to paycheck for the majority of our our working lives we understand that it's going to be tough sometimes so hang around the church because you've never been blessed yet you've never gotten out of your mess but talk to somebody who's gotten out of it talk to somebody who's recovered from it and you're going to make it in jesus name now i didn't do drugs and alcohol and all that stuff because i had family that did and I watched them, and I heard stories, and I said, I ain't touching that stuff. That stuff made people crazy. But there's a church full of people at AFC that have. There's a room full of people right now that they've been through it, and they've got a story to tell. And if you're going through it tonight, you just got to grab somebody's scar and say, tell me about this one, because I've never been free before, and I need to get some faith to believe I can overcome. Thank you, Jesus. It's all right if you've got a record. It's okay if you've been to jail. It's all right if you've seen the judge. It's okay. Church full of people here that have been there. <laughs> and they got stories to tell you that would blow your mind of the grace and the love of God. <laughs> and if you could just grab somebody around you that's got the scar of the legal system on them, they can tell you it doesn't define you. You can move past it. You can be blessed again. God can give you everything you've ever wanted, but just hang around the church because the church is full of scars. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else have a pattern somebody can borrow? Anybody have a pattern somebody can borrow? Anybody have a story to tell? This church is full of people that have stories to tell, and thank God for it. You know what? We've been quiet way too long. We've hidden our past long enough. The church used to be defined by how good you could clean up on the outside. Got our clothes so long, they covered up our scars. Congratulations. So covered up, nobody can see our scars. So covered up, nobody knows our background. We look so good, nobody wants to come into the church. They don't think they fit here. They have no idea. People come up in here and they're like, y'all dressed up. Y'all must never have a problem like, this just takes money, that's all. This is easy. I can get dressed up. My dog has outfits. Still a dog. Don't know if I fit in this church. People wearing ties. Do I belong here? 
I'm like, y'all, we're just trying to celebrate. Y'all, we ain't always had a tie, you know. I mean, now we're just glad to be able to get a tie and wear one for once in our lives. But if people walk in the church, I don't know if I figure you, you, that's because we walk around like everything's good. You know, when we talk to people, it ought to be, you have no idea where God's brought me from. Because they can't see it, you've got to say it. Because they can't see it, you've got to say it. You've got to testify that you hadn't always looked this good. You hadn't always drove that car. You hadn't always had that pretty mouth on you. It used to be a lot more sorrow, but you've got to talk. You've got to spread the word because you can use this for a pattern to those. We've qualified our ministries off of how much we hide instead of how much we've overcome. We've kicked out all the incredible testimonies because they were too dirty to share. Day is changing in the church. It's time to stop hiding what God has done for us. Paul, you've got marks on you, and you're mightily used by God. Paul, you've got scars, but yet God uses you. Paul, I look at you, and I see so many things from your past, but yet God uses you. Paul admitted in his own testimony he was a Christian killer. How bad were you, by the way? I used to smoke weed. He was a Christian killer. Think he wins that one. Well, Pastor, you don't know about me. I used to go to the bar. He used to set the bar on fire with Christians inside. He, I mean, he... Fake Christians inside, yeah. <laughs> That analogy didn't work really well, but you get the point. (laughs) Thank you. Paul said, I was a Christian killer. But watch, watch this. He said, I thought I was serving God and I was doing the right thing at the time. I, I, I wasn't a bad person. I just was confused. I'm going to minister to somebody now. I had it all mixed up. I thought what I was doing was right. I thought what I was doing was normal. It was what everybody did in my circles. It was what everybody did in my neighborhood. We all believed the Christians were wrong, and we all believed they should die and be jailed for it. I was doing what I thought was right. The Apostle Paul was not some godless satanic worshiper was misled he was confused he was deceived but we clap when a preacher talks about what they did before they preached and we relate to the sinners but what about those who messed up after they got in church our favorite preachers are the ones that come in here and talk about their bc moments before i became a preacher i did all this bad stuff but you never hear about anybody talking about anything they did after they became preachers. Nobody ever wants to talk about what they did after they joined the choir. Where's those testimonies at? Hush, hush, quiet. Don't talk about it. I was a leadership team for 15 years and then I messed up. You don't ever hear that. You know what we're doing? You know what we're doing? We're hurting everybody who's hiding in our pews 
who come as a church with a suit and tie on and they're hooked on pornography. We're hurting people that are battling lesbianism and they're battling these thoughts of suicide and they're battling homosexual tendencies because people among us won't get up and say it, uh, that I used to be this, even worshiping on a Sunday, even sitting on a pew. I fought it. Uh, I failed at it. Uh, but here we go. God set me free with a suit and tie on. He set me free playing a piano. He set me free teaching kids in Sunday school we've got a voice uh, even that side we have no victory among our saints anymore because we have nobody among the saints testifying how about their struggles while they were a saint because we've got no preachers talking about their struggles yeah we forget that we have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, not the word of our virginity, the word of our testimony, the word of our test, the word of our challenge, the word of our difficulties, not the word of our purity, not the word of our innocence. I'm not overcome because I deny my sin. I'm overcome because I reveal it and talk about how God healed it. I'm overcome because I have a testimony. There's no power in talking about what you never did. Well, Pastor, my testimony is I never did anything wrong. I just want to give God praise for that. Here's, let me break it down for you. We're used to everybody getting up here and like, well, I did drugs and I kissed on women that I wasn't married to and, you know, I, I did some bad, I, I robbed somebody. And that's what, we, that's what we talk about, right? We don't talk about stuff like this. I had pride. I was a habitual liar. I got angry all the time and mad. But I'm set free now. We've, we've created this idea that a great testimony has to include guns and drugs and stuff from MTV and BET and all the other channels out there these days. We, we created that mentality, and we only shout over those kind of things. Y'all, those sins are simply the manifestations of all the hidden sins. But we shout about those big, scary ones. But if you would have gotten delivered of the small ones, that were hidden on the inside. You'd have never got the bottle in the first place. You'd have never taken the drug in the first place. If you'd have fixed the pride and the anger and all the drama in your life that was in your heart, you'd have never been in jail in the first place. You don't have to have that testimony if you'll get this testimony, and that is, God, let me get the invisible junk out of my life. Let me get the hidden things out of my heart, the secret sins. If we would deal with the secret things, they would never have to be manifested horrible, bad problems. So you know what we should do? We should change the culture at AFC to where the people that we testify are talking about stuff that they're thinking about. Instead of stuff they did. Because that's where we win. And we start to talk about the things happening in our hearts, things that are small. That's what we need to talk about. It's not the test, it's not the word of our virginity, our purity, it's the word of our testimony that gives us that power to overcome. A testimony of what you've never done only gives hope to pure people. 
A testimony of what you've never done wrong only relates to the people in the church or the world who've never done anything wrong to the pure. So tonight, as I close out completely with this word that God gave to us, I don't care how dirty your past may be, you owe it to others to testify, to uncover your scars and reveal what you've been through and what God has set you free from because the world is looking for somebody that has gotten out of the past and into the future, and that's going to take stop looking backward and start looking forward, find somebody with a testimony, somebody with a scar, and say, tell me how I can get out of this because I have no reference point. I don't know how unless you tell me what God did for you. And if we keep quiet, We're stealing hope from someone who can't find the faith to keep going. This is why the spirit and the culture of our church is shifting to exposure, to getting small things dealt with, to getting things out in the open. And also it's twofold so people can see that we are overcoming, that we've got problems just like you. And our God is working in us just like he is everybody else. One of the best things you'll ever do for the people in your family that are on drugs and alcohol and won't come to church is tell them about the problems you've got just with basic everyday sins. Go to Christmas and be like, I know y'all think I'm perfect. I go to church, but I've really been struggling with some stuff too, and I want you to know God's delivered me from it. Oh, can you believe that that super-duper Christian person has a struggle that God delivered? Wow. Wow, God's still working in their life, and it's amazing how just that testimony will start to produce faith in the atmosphere that if God can do it for them, God can do it for me too. God can do it for me too. Today, I was praying for all of you, believing that God was going to give us a word, and the Lord said, you've got to bring some faith tonight to these, to these people, my people. We've got way too many things in our past that are pulling to us. I've learned anything through our Testimony Tuesdays is that is your past is full of baggage. My past is full of baggage. There's a lot of memories there I don't want to remember anymore. And, and, and while I'm saying remember, I'm saying I will never get them totally erased from my database. I'm talking about I never want to give them any more power. I know I can't forget everything, but I, I don't give them any power over them any, anymore. I don't give, let them have any more authority over my future because it doesn't matter what I've been through. It doesn't matter what I've seen. What matters is by faith I see something else in my future that I've never seen in my past, and by the help of Jesus I'm going to see it come to pass in the future. Does anybody have some faith tonight to believe that our best days are ahead of us, that our best days are before us, that it doesn't matter what we've seen in the past, we will overcome in Jesus' name. Let's all stand our feet right now and clap our hands to God and give God a great praise offering because I believe that my best days are ahead. I believe I'm coming out. I believe this marriage is going to work out. I believe I want to be free in Jesus' name. I believe there's nothing that can stop God. doesn't matter. I've been this way for years. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to get a breakthrough. I'm going to see victory. 
I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I see it. I see it. I see it. I think it. I think it. I think it. I've got facts for it. My faith declares it. It shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands to God right now in Jesus' name. Can you feel it, ladies? Can you feel it? Can you feel that it's going to be all right? Can you feel that that man beside you is going to be a godly man? Can you feel it? Men, can you think it? Can you think it? Can you imagine it? Can you think it? It's going to work out. I don't know how, but it's going to work out. My future has faith. Forget the past. Forget what I've been through and go forward and go forward in Jesus' name, forget the shipwrecks, forget the beatings, forget the pain, forget the hunger, and go forward. Answer the call of God and go forward. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. When you're dealing with chronic disability in your body, if you have that in your body, you know what I mean when I say when you wake up in the morning, you question if you want to get out of bed. Because you know that if you get out of bed, you're going to hurt. And a voice comes up and says, today could be like yesterday. And you've got to look at that voice, look at that spirit, and say, but that doesn't mean it's going to be like yesterday. I believe that when I get out of this bed today, you'll give me the power and the authority to do everything I need to do. And you resist that voice. And you go to the future. And you refuse your past. You look at your spouse, and all you see is pain and hurt. You say, stop it. You say, stop it. I see a victory in my life. I see a victory in my spouse. Pastor, I've always been single. I've never been married. But I feel like it's going to happen. I've never really had anything to base it off of except for faith. God, I believe you got somebody for me. Maybe if you could have the faith, God would send them. Stop looking back at what you've never had and start believing that you're an eligible bachelor or bachelorette. That God has something special for you. Forget the past, y'all. Forget the past. Forget the past. AFC's been this way for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. But it doesn't matter what it has been. It doesn't matter what we've seen. What matters is what we see in faith. It doesn't matter what your experience so far. It doesn't phase God. doesn't phase the church. doesn't matter. Stop judging the future revival off your past experiences at Austin First Church. Because by faith, it's going to be powerful, anointed, and victorious. I have no precedent to go off of. I've never pastored before. There's no way to do this thing twice in the same church and same time. You've just got to go forward by faith, and God will provide a way. The first time you got the Holy Ghost, you, you never spoke in tongues before. But you came down to an altar, lifted up your hands, and you said, okay, I'm going to try it.
It was like stepping out of a boat on water, and it was weird, and you thought you were crazy, people looking at you, and then you did it, and you stood up by faith. You stood there, and you believed, and all of a sudden, you began to speak in other tongues, and then you thought, those people aren't crazy. I might be, but they're not. They told me that I would talk in tongues when the Spirit began to fill me up, and here I am doing it. I hear myself doing it. In that moment, you realize it was real. But it took that bold faith of stepping out, doing something you've never done before, and look what God did. Y'all, that's faith. Everything we're going to do in our lives and the church and revival is going to come through faith and not looking backward. The past has nothing for me, y'all. There's no such thing as the good old days. The good old days act like we can't get out to the best days. No, the latter rain shall be greater than the former rain. What's ahead is prophesied to be better than what's behind. You just got to believe by faith. I've never seen it, but I'm going to see it in Jesus' name. Now, I didn't preach my normal hour and a half on Wednesday, so let's all come to the front. I want us to pray together before we leave tonight for a few moments in Jesus' name. I want God to seal faith in this place. Start praying right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost right now. If you feel comfortable want to come down here, you can. You don't have to. But anybody that wants to come down here in an atmosphere of faith, uh, come to the front. Go forward and forget your past. Leave it back in your pew. It doesn't matter what your marriage was like about three seconds ago. Come on down here in Jesus' name. Step out here by faith, believing that this place is a place by faith, uh, that I'm about to see something new. It doesn't matter what it's been like. That's it, Brother Craig. It doesn't matter what I've seen before. I'm a people of faith in Jesus' name. I'm going to have a victory in Jesus' name. Jesus. Yeah. I lose faith in the name of Jesus right now. I lose faith in Jesus' name right now. Whatever it is that you've seen is not what you're going to be. The way it's been is not the way it's going to be. Somebody get a vision for your marriage, for your ministry, for your future. In the name of Jesus Christ right now, I'm not living in the past when God's called me into a future. I'm sick in my body. I've been sick in my body, but I will be healed in Jesus' name. I will make it in Jesus' name. I refuse to live in the past in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's lose faith right now and speak in the name of Jesus. Let's speak by faith. Let's speak. Let's believe. Let's believe in the name of Jesus. I have never seen this before, but it's going to happen in Jesus' name. Yes. I feel it in my spirit. I see it in my mind. It doesn't make sense, but God's going to do it anyway. It doesn't make sense, but God's going to move anyway. In the name of Jesus, it doesn't make any sense, but I will see a victory. I lose faith right now. Every marriage, every parent, uh, every financial stress uh, in the name of Jesus uh, for your salvation, for you receiving the Holy Ghost. Uh, you have never done it before, but that doesn't mean it can't happen tonight. Forget it all. Believe again. Come on, get on the boat again. Get on the ship again. It might sink again, but I've got the power to believe it's going to be all right.
Jesus' name right now, God. I'm not living by yesterday. I'm not seeing the old in people. I'm not seeing the past in people. I'm not seeing the sin in people. I'm seeing the best they can be. I believe people can change.